0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Apex Sunday, the podcast where a couple of petrol heads talk about F1, what we thought about the last race. We have specials as well. Um, I'm with Rob. Hello. Rob Ross. And I'm John Dowsett. And today we're talking about the Mexico Grand Prix. And please don't forget to click like, share, subscribe. If you don't like it, click thumbs down and comment, please. We like your comments. Thanks, John.
1: Yeah. And uh, share the, uh, share the Earl, as you said last, last week. He's got <laughs> yes. URL, but I call it the Earl. So, <laughs> so before we start about the Me- start talking about the Mexico City Grand Prix, um, I'll bring up uh, Casey Stoner, the two time MotoGP champion, who is one of these guys who from a young age everyone thought he would be great. And sure enough, he was. He stopped by the race in Puerto Mau at the same time that the Mexican race was going on. And he used to ride for Ducati and Honda. And Ducati, he was a guest of, and they had him coach their riders throughout the weekend. And both the riders said that they, they helped quite a lot and they got pole position and they finished first and third in the race. And now they want... They want Casey, but Casey's in Australia, so I don't know if he wants to get back into the uh, the tour, as it were. But do you think that could work in F1? Because basically, what he was doing is he's looking at other riders and saying, okay, they take this corner this way and, and so forth, and giving them feedback because he himself was a rider, so.
0: I think it's even more than that, and I think mm-hmm. it is working. I think we're seeing it with Yuki. Yuki's right. got Alex Albon, and look at the big he teammate. I mean, he went from, if you look at in the in the last race oh my god um so yeah does it work i think it's more than just you know this driver's braking here and we're looking at the stats and they're you know taking it into the apex before they're or whatever it might be i think it's more than that i think it's a lot of psychological um input as well because the amount of stress on your brain trying to stay calm (laughs) is so important you know i think that you know you look at yuki and his kind of driving style it made a big difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jackie Icks was there at the, uh, motor GP race as well. And he was, uh, primarily known for his sports car, right? The great yes. sports car. Well,
0: he was racing. a great F1 driver too. He's, right. he, he should have been, I mean, we'll bring that up in, in our special on the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should also do a special, consider a special on all the drivers that should have won a world championship, but didn't. Yep. yep. Um, that would be good. Because I think Jackie was, was uh, definitely capable of a multiple championship, but just never had the team. Right, right.
1: Well, yeah, that's a, that's a huge factor in Formula One, obviously. So let's uh, talk about qualifying for the Mexico City Grand Prix. And we'll be talking about Yuki when we talk about qualifying.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> What what a show! I mean, my God, it's it's it's, and I wonder how much of it is he's figured out the setup as well. You know, I, we've seen that with Danny, uh, we've seen that with Perez, and mm-hmm. and they're getting their own, they're sorting the car for themselves, and there's that as well, I think, and maybe Albon had a had a hand in that as well.
1: Yeah, but also I would like to bring up Yuki because once again, Red Bull management shows they lack class, maturity, and respect for their, their employees and for the sport. I just thought Mm. that their reaction to Q3 and the Sunda leaving the track and letting them go by, but then they getting, I I mean, I understand they got confused. I can understand that, but this whole blame game was just terrible optics to me, but maybe I'm just a Red Bull hater or something like that. I just, I do not like their, uh, their management style whatsoever. what do (laughs) you think of that?
0: Uh, you know what i used to love them mm-hmm. they were they were a fun team back in the days of of weber right. um, and before that the Vettel, you know it, they they were a fun team and i think that they you know that the, their success has altered them and i think Christian horner is yeah. you know sort of lost the plot
1: mm-hmm. yeah he went on about you no know, twitter is being unfair to me and they blew it up in all the proportion but there's a pattern here like when they were threatened with the a lack of an engine they threatened to leave the sport you know and we saw earlier with the Hamilton incident Silverstone and so forth so you know not very nice optics whatsoever
0: it, it's very mansell esque
1: yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> yeah he should be the face of the team <laughs> but qualifying I would say was the highlight of the race weekend wasn't that exciting but well, I did notice that in q two they waited for two minutes before they went out on track in the pit lane, sort of just you know sitting there on track in the pits, obviously, but it brought to mind how during the start they always go on they went on about it again this time, how the guys at the front first they hate the guys at the back because they're taking their time getting to this to the the grid, and yet in qualifying, they sat there for two minutes, so i don't i that kind of confused me. <laughs>
0: uh, That just sort of slid over me, but I I didn't even really notice that, to be honest with you. Um, The thing that um, sort of made my ears prick up Mm -hmm. was the change in the Mercedes throughout the three sessions and Mm -hmm. practice as well. In practice, it was very evident that they were going to be on their back foot. They weren't going to be anywhere near the front. Red Bull just owned it. And it made me wonder if they're still playing with engine modes and, and doing fun stuff um, with that. Right. And whether their party mode is, is something that they've gone uh, full bore with. I, I don't know, but if you look at it, they were way behind. And by the time it was over, look <laughs> at Volteri. I mean, good on Voltairi. I mean, you just smoked them in, <laughs> in, in, in quality.
2: Yeah, that was nice to see for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah.
0: What was he? It was it was uh, hmm, two tenths up, right? Is That right? But two tenths up on Lewis. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive.
1: All right. Well, let's move on to the race. The first thing I'd say about the race is I sure as hell hope that the rules next season allow the cars to follow each other closely and we'll have some more passing because once again, not much of a good grace. There's that slow formation lap. They talked about obviously the chaotic start, great start from Verstappen a little bit of controversy with Lewis mm-hmm. saying, uh, Valtteri left the door open, but he did leave the door open. So there's
0: that. That whole thing is just a dog's breakfast to me. You know, I look mm-hmm. at it and I think, uh, a number of people were were asked where they would like to start second or third, and right. all of them said third. Right, third is you get that nice toe down to the first turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Val did a, um, a a good job at at giving Lewis a toe. Um, unfortunately, he also gave Val a toe. I so mean, uh, Max. Max a toe, and mm-hmm. and and then Max was on the outside, and Mercedes has a problem with braking.
1: Right. Yep. So and then.
0: What, so was it a great start by Max? No, I, I think it was a good start by Max. But, you know, everybody who's a Max fan is going to go, yeah, he did a start well. No, I mean, he, he, had, he had a good start. Yeah.
1: And then we had that the chaos with Yuki and Schumacher out right away. Bottas spinning, Ricardo losing his wing. So a bunch mm-hmm. of races, the race was over right away. But having said that, mm-hmm. I thought the race for victory was over by lap seven. And at the end, I didn't believe that Perez would ever be able to pass Lewis, even though he was a lot faster. So,
0: well, know. he he put the boots to it. I mean, good for mm-hmm. Perez for doing what he did. Yeah. But you know, I don't I don't think he, even if he could catch and get right on Lewis, which he never did, really, mm-hmm. um, Lewis wouldn't have let him by.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, no. So, overall, I just you know snooze through the race for the most part, and uh I do have to say that I do love to see the uh the fans in Mexico being so happy to see Perez on the podium and just celebrating yes. their yes. their driver that was that was wonderful to watch. Yes. thought that you know we need more of that, and that's it's a the circuit i'm not sure if it's the cars or the circuit or a combination we'll see how it goes next season, but uh that stadium section is Quite an experience, I imagine.
2: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Well, who who was it? There was there was somebody who was an F two driver that had a test, and he and he was asking, he was asked what his highlight was of Mexico, and he said the parade lap, and, and the driver, I should say, the driver parade when he got around to the corner because he was Mexico from Mexico, and everybody right. just went wild on him, and it was probably the first time he would experienced that. Yeah, and, uh, can you imagine having that? Massive grandstand and have all of those fans going crazy for it.
2: Yeah,
0: um, it'd be a little bit of a shock. So if you're into being famous, that would be pretty special. The one thing I did note about the coverage was mm-hmm. um, Felipe Massa. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw much of Felipe Felipe Massa, but I heard he was um, there.
2: Oh, oh, no, no, like keep him off camera. <laughs> really? Why is yeah. that? Oh, he, he was just. I couldn't understand half
0: of what he said and, and, um, wasn't on the plot. okay, was, Yeah. What
1: yeah. was he on in the practice sessions? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Pre-show. I, don't, I don't really, I never watch those things. So, you know, so how would you rate this race or do you have anything else to say about the race? I've, I've said everything about it. What did you, you know, anything that you want to say?
0: I think it would have been a great race to be at. I really do. And, right. I mean,
2: it's a beautiful track. Um, by Mexico standards, it's a beautiful track. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was
0: some great driving. There was some great driving. You know, there is, there is, there is that whole thing. It really shows who the great drivers are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's beyond racing in the rain because they were talking about full downforce, full downforce, yeah, uh, like Monaco, and yet they're getting faster speeds than they did at Monza.
2: Yeah, because the All- air
0: all of those drivers were driving something that they had no idea about. And that's hmm. why we saw so many offs in, in practice. And, and it, I don't know if you watched the free practices, but there were yeah. a lot of offs right. and, and mostly braking. And that was another part where they came up that, where they were saying how Mercedes is, just can't break. And they, the drivers were complaining about not being able to break. Whereas somehow the Red Bulls can't, hmm. maybe it has something to do with the car design. Mm-hmm. I guess they can't, right? they can't
1: generate heat into the brakes. Is that the issue?
0: I don't know what it is. Maybe yeah. it's aero I, I, I don't know. I, you right. know, I think that I think the Red Bull has such spectacular mechanical grip right. in comparison to the Mercedes. And on top of that, as we very well know, the Mercedes does not do well in dirty air. No. Um, so you put those two together, and yeah,
1: yeah it reminds me of I think it was Pat Simmons years ago said, if they ever did reverse grid qualifying the cars would be completely different because they would have to be designed to, to run behind other cars. The Mercedes seems to think they'll be at the front all the time and as soon as right. they're behind someone, you know, Lewis can sometimes get up there, but yeah, they have a lot of trouble doing that. A lot of trouble,
0: which we've seen in many races. So as far as ranking it, mm-hmm. um, that's a tough one. Uh, uh, maybe a four or right. a 10. Yeah. Um, it was good, but it was for me, a bit of a snooze fest. Mm -hmm. Pretty much all the people I talked to uh, thought it was a good race. I'm getting more and more um, exposure to people talking completely into almost a Trump-Biden thing with (laughs) Max and Lewis, where they're either rabid Max fans or they're rabid Lewis fans, and there's no in-between. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have no... I'm not like that whatsoever. I'm, I'm a fan of the sport. I'm a fan of Daniel Ricciardo, but, you know, beyond that, it's, you know, I like, love, there's so many good drivers. I don't, you know, Daniel's a favorite, but he's not like, Oh my God, everything's Daniel's the best ever and all that kind of stuff. So.
2: I used but,
0: to be like that. I, you know, I used to have favorite drivers. It's sort of like me in football. I've followed the Raiders my whole right. life and they've never really done much. Right. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to car racing it's the cars that i'm mm. i'm into i'm into um mclaren right now um, right. i was i was a huge lotus fan i was a Tyrrell fan um and and i think it's because of their innovation and what they were able to do so i'm like you i'm 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 a fan of this sport mm. and what a driver is like off the track and what their attitude is i could care less yeah. i really could care less
1: the only time it would become an issue for me if it affects the racing all the time, if they're just, right. you know, but.
0: Or the other drivers. Yeah.
1: But a yeah. flare up here and there and stuff and you see some of their personality or whatever, it's like, I don't care. I, I don't know them. I never will know them. I don't know the people who know them. I'm not involved in human. their lives. Yeah. They're humans. So, you know, we all get mad we all have bad days and good days and you know, whatever, but I based purely on the racing, I'm going to give it a three. The atmosphere and so forth, I think it's one of the best circuits for that. It could be a 10 for that, but it's getting a three for the racing because to me, that's the primary element that I'm interested in. The rest of it is just very nice to have.
2: That, you're right, like just that
0: atmosphere. Is that the ab- absolute opposite of Monaco or what? Like there's just mm-hmm. a bunch of, of regular people completely pumped about, about their race. Yep. There's, there's no F1 pomposity that follows at so many other tracks. Right. Um, and yeah, it'd be spectacular. So hey, think about it, Rob. If you had to go to a race, where would it be?
1: That would be one Monza and Spa come to come to mind immediately. What about you?
0: Spa It's Spa. It's Spa. But for the experience, I mean, it'd be pretty tough not to want to go to Mexico now. And, mm-hmm. and I I have no desire to go to the states, even though I love the track. Yeah, uh, I'm not so sure. One of our viewers was talking about. Um, uh, I was I was chatting with him today, and he was talking about how Danica Patrick mm-hmm. um, at the at the Coda race was talking about. You know, we were here, and F1s sort of here. And I think the Americans are starting starting to get it, and that kind of scares me. <laughs> I, I, I think we're going to see Justin Bieber at more
2: show at more races. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, but. yeah, for sure. <laughs> what about driver of the race?
1: Uh, <sighs> for me, it's it's Lewis because he maximized what he could, and he beat Perez. He could not beat Max. I mean, he may have. I don't even think if he had gotten a good start. I think Max would have made up in the pit stops and so forth. But Lewis is in a situation where, where he has to optimize everything like he has never before in his racing career, except maybe for the first or second season. But yeah, I give it to Lewis. What about you?
0: Not even then. Not even then. So Lewis would be my guy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Max had a cakewalk. I think yep. He just had a gift and uh lewis drove drove the wheels off the car, and he drove very, very very wisely
2: yeah
0: um very wisely and mm-hmm. and um there's some other great shows I mean for the weekend i if if you want to take the whole event, mm-hmm. my driver hands down, nobody touches you for what he was able to pull off, oh my good lord, like that is phenomenal and when I looked at that at that board and he was number two. Mm-hmm. and and i think it was q2 he was number two i looked at it and it went he didn't stay there but i looked at it and went my god you know he was right up there with the big boys yeah that's that was pretty brilliant it also shows what that car is like the other thing that we didn't mm-hmm. talk about was and,
1: sorry and uh, gasly finishing fourth in the alpha tori right like right. we never we never saw him but he must have he did a great job
0: they were that somebody brought up the fact that Lewis had to cope with four Red Bull cars.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: which which is which is sort of the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because where did where did um, Gasly start? He started
2: fourth, right? Fourth or fifth. Uh, He's right up there with him. So, anyway. Yeah.
1: All right. So let's move on to the news. the Andretti alpha deal has fallen through apparently they were willing to sell him to the sell him the team but they were, were not willing to release control of the team which sounds utterly bizarre to me but maybe that's why he was going on about the europeans and i also wonder about you know liberty wants american drivers and teams in f1 are they going crazy about um Two Canadians being an F1, but no Americans being an F1.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, it's kind of they awkward. never talk.
0: They never talk about the two Canadians. Never, yeah, right? So you know, maybe 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 that's a thing where they're actually doing that, right. uh, where they're you know they're making a point of not addressing uh,
2: the uh, the Canadians.
1: But for as for Andretti, like I could care less that he's not that that team's not going to be in the sport for a while, like doesn't mean anything to me that name or what about you
0: whatever okay <laughs> um, you know i i you know I, we, we were we were going over the the drivers that have won championships that shouldn't have won championships Mm-mm, that's wrong drivers that have won championships Should've. that won championships because they had the car right and right. there's a handful of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's more than a handful of them and and i hate to say it i know i'm going to get deep for this but mario is one of them oh yeah me. mario oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Mario won a world championship, and he he had the know, Lotus, the Lotus, which was just unbeatable, right? Um, so yeah, and I believe that was the year that Ronnie Peterson died. So his teammate and his teammate was, you know, would have won the championship had he not died, right? In my mind, um,
2: the news for me is Porsche, mm, yes, because Porsche has has come out with
0: the statement that they're seriously considering formula one Mm. to the point where there's actually images on the internet of a porsche formula one car um there's also talk of them partnering with red bull yeah what's that about right
1: well i I mentioned that last time i thought it was odd like are they going to take over the ronda engine and just badge it as a volkswagen porsche or audi and so it's just Gives, give Red Bull money to continue with their engine and rebadge it as, right. as a branding exercise? Or well, clearly,
0: it... clearly Red Bull has no problem with that. It was called a tag for many years, which is a watch. Right. Um, no experience at all in building anything that you put uh, combustibles in, um, <laughs> but it was called a tag engine. Yeah, yeah,
1: uh, I remember that.
0: Uh, the Ford Cosworth, which was, quote, the Ford engine, was nothing but uh, money thrown at Cosworth to make the engine. Um, mm-hmm. It goes on and on. We've we've been through this before. You know, there's yeah. so many Ilmore and Chevy. and
1: Yeah, so the only thing that I've seen they're committed to, not Porsche, but the engine rules for 2026 is no MGU-H. So the heat right. element's going to be gone. Apparently, it's so complicated that on passenger cars, like regular cars, it would never be practical anyway. So they're just going to ditch that. And the, uh, you know, echo-friendly fuels. like
2: So
0: they moved that from 2025 to 2026. I wasn't aware of that. I guess, I guess that's because we had the delay this year.
1: It, well, I kept hearing both, but it seems to be 2026 now. So I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it's 2026.
0: Would
2: make sense.
1: Yeah, and I also kind of find it amusing that Porsche is saying, well, we're interested in this because the costs that makes sense um and it's a greener engine when what was it two years ago or three years ago or volkswagen group got caught right with the emissions test right. <laughs> so right. i'm wondering if that's a huge element too like we got to clean up our image and so forth and i don't know if people really care about that but you know it's that was not not a good look for them and it costs like a to, lot of money
0: i'd like to look at some numbers i'd like to look at some numbers because i truly believe that Porsche's uh, racing heritage is mm. blows away Ferrari. Right. If you look at what o- they've outside done. Outside of Formula One. Right? Oh my God. Oh my God. Just mm. the crazy. And domination and Pan Am and sports cars and, and yep. endurance racing. Unbelievable. And customer mm. cars. They have the best customer race car program right. that's ever been done. Toyota's close, but oh my God, Porsche. I mean, you want to talk about support. Mm-hmm. There was a Canadian guy, Yuli Berry, who, who brought the Porsche GT1 to most sport when it came out. Remember that right. so clearly because it was a, a store-bought million-dollar uh, <laughs> race car. Right. If, if you haven't seen a Porsche GT1 race car, look it up. Mm-hmm. It just staggeringly fast.
1: And did car. you did you race against him on circuit or not against him but it was a different class right or that
0: that was after I had finished when he okay. showed up with that okay right. thankfully
2: <laughs>
0: right because um, we would could be we would have been on the track at the same time because it was a GT one car that was mm-hmm. just untouchable it was just like way way off the front you know all these tube chassis monster million dollar right. creations that people make you know and you, you 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 race GT three the equivalent of GT three yeah right
2: okay. Yeah,
1: So also, uh, Hulkenberg has decided not to do IndyCar. He just had a kid. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if the ovals are still extremely dangerous. And that might might be a factor. I mean, Grosjean didn't even bother with ovals in his first season, but he's moving to Andretti and he's going to do ovals next season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would have liked to have seen Hulkenberg, but he's probably going to do something in Europe. Why not sports cars or WEC, something like that.
0: I'd would ra- rather see him in real racing. Yeah, and, me too. And again, I'm going to get heat for this because
2: a lot of people consider IndyCar real racing. It does have its positive elements, mm-hmm. um, but
0: it isn't European um, endurance racing, sports car racing. You know, you look at the, look at what that did for Alonso. It completely altered Alonso. Right, him, him racing at Le Mans him racing at Daytona um, in world sports cars. Mm-hmm. Just a huge, huge difference. And I hope he does that. Or DTM. It'd be great to see him in DTM. <laughs> right. Because um, DTM is a pretty spectacular uh, yeah. series as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I saw, I read a story. Uh, this guy, his name is Keith and He used to be a MotoGP rider. And he talked about... His insurance when he got insurance he was he got insurance in case he got paralyzed or something, so that he could you know retrofit his house and so forth you know um but he kind of thinks that the concussions are even worse than being paralyzed, and I imagine like the impact from a an oval race and you hit that wall, the concussion danger must be pretty pretty high as well so you know, i can understand you know people going oh he's not man enough and all this nonsense it's like no he's just sensible <laughs> at his age doesn't want to take that risk anymore <laughs> right concussions
0: are concussions are real and mm-hmm. and and uh in the 80s i worked on um films the canadian ski team right and dave erwin uh, one of the original crazy canucks mm-hmm. an unbelievable madman on the slopes um uh, had so many concussions, it's unbelievable. Uh, he now is getting better, uh, yeah. but for about fifteen years, twenty years, he carried around a card that he handed people and said, "and, he, and it said basically, um, I know you think I know you, and I probably did, right. but if in the middle of it I forget who you are or forget that we're actually having a conversation, it's because of too many concussions." Right. And and for whatever reason, I saw him a couple of years ago and it's changed he's he's getting better i i don't know how that works um but yeah concussions are pretty pretty damaging
1: even doctors probably don't know how it works extensively right the brain is still one of the largest you know biological mysteries Mm because 85 billion neurons i mean (laughs) pretty impressive i mean there's a lot of stupidity for how amazing our brains are but you know that's another story yes so but uh yeah in moto gp mark marquez is sorry he's missed the last two races from a concussion in training and he did something to his retina again so he can't see at the moment or it's blurry so you know these i think indycar is a higher risk than f1 because of the ovals for those kind of you know life threatening and you know life-altering injuries and yes. obviously motorcycle racing your bodies out in the open. So, you know, it's, uh, I can completely understand why Hulkenberg, you know, he, he tried it out, but yeah, it's not for him and that's totally fine. We also have six sprints next year. The next race in Brazil has a sprint, but they are apparently going to have a real pole sitter. They're not going to erase the real pole sitter next year. <laughs> so, so that's nice to hear. <laughs> And then uh, Mazepin is saying that <laughs> Haas has different rules for Schumacher. Yeah, <laughs> I don't of, think so.
0: Of course they do. I, well, I no, don't know if you heard the radio, heard the radio Wrong. nonsense uh, during Quali. Anyone? So I'm gonna pass him. So, no, you're not. You're gonna stay behind him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Have you're taking a piss, <laughs> I thought, oh my god, man! And then you look mm-hmm. at the qualifying times and how they did it in the race, and it's like, no. Yeah, just,
1: yeah, um, yeah. Matt has, has to understand that he has to earn that favoritism or whatever he thinks that Schumacher has. I mean, Mick's just going to naturally be favored by the team because he isn't screaming and yelling and complaining all the
0: time, and, and he's also know. performing. Yeah, he's and, also performing, out qualifying, out racing. And if you look at the what, who's the most improved this year? The most improved this year, hands down, is Yuki. But Amen. behind them we've got Latifi mm-hmm. and Latifi's made great leaps. And uh, there are other drivers that have made great leaps. Yeah, and I think and that not one of them.
1: No, and Nick, I mean it's hard to know where he is because of the car, but he shows all the signs of developing and that's what he's done in the past. So of course they're going to look at Schumacher over Mazapin, it's not because of his last name.
0: It, well, yeah, some of it has to do with his last name because you, you have to know that his resources are beyond anybody else.
1: Right. Yeah, but I mean, they're not just like, if he wasn't performing at all, then there'd be they'd, they'd have a bit of an issue with him. It's not like, oh, he's Schumacher, so we'll just let him, you know. Right. That's not happening, so.
0: Well, he's but, bringing the money. He's yeah. bringing the money. His name brings the money. He yeah. doesn't have to bring any money. His name brings the money.
1: And Mazepin's dad brings the other money, so
0: right, right, yeah. (laughs) Um, Back to MotoGP. Mm -hmm. um, I find it interesting that a lot of the drivers uh, follow MotoGP like mad, yeah, and they talk more about MotoGP than they talk about the feeder series to Formula One,
2: which I find kind of interesting. (laughs) That's changed, right?
1: Yes, in recent years. Yes. Well, I think. Again, I, the last five years, approximately, they've manipulated the rules as such that the racing's just a lot closer than it ever has been. And the riders are at a level that has never been seen before. Um, the quality of the riders, and we're seeing that in F1 too, I think. The, the, the drivers in F1, almost all of them, you know, there's a couple of exceptions perhaps, but they're excellent. They're just very, very good, very professional. They're looking to improve all the time. So I think, you know, they just, it's exciting. So, and then the F2, I don't know, have you watched it? Is it still a bit crazy or? I love not? it. I love it.
0: It, it. It's gotten a little bit tamer than it used to be because it okay. used to be just mayhem. Um, it's not so much anymore. I think right. the drivers are trying to prove that they have the ability to drive in 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 a mature way. Whereas okay. before it was just, we have to win. Right. Um <laughs> And and that's a big thing. The one thing I'd like to see in Formula One, this is mm. going to create some heat as well. A very proven proven system that started forty years ago, uh, and it's still going today in in sport in uh, series like DTM and BTCC British mm. Touring Car, which is ballasting.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: You, you win a race, you get fifty pounds. You get right. twenty kilograms. I don't know what that number is. But you want to? There's the big issue of let's reduce the budget. Let's find a way so it's Mm -hmm. more affordable for these teams to do it. Yep. Um, That takes that away a little bit because yeah, I'm going to spend all this money. I'm going to win the first race.
2: Right. (laughs) Might not win the second race. Um. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Back to
1: qualifying in Mazepin. Apparently they allowed Schumacher ahead in Zandvoort and Haas claims it was because of what Ooh. happened at Zandvoort that they decided not to do it anymore. So that's completely reasonable as well, you know, but you know, Mazepin just, I don't know. It's, it just doesn't look good saying those things over the radio given his, you can't say, well, I, w- I would be doing better if it wasn't for my team. You know, that's not the thing <laughs> <Yeah>. to say <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: unless you, really can't stand the team and you want out of it, but that's not the situation he's in. So, you know,
0: well, there's that pompous thing of, of daddy's bringing millions, tens of millions of dollars to your team. So why are you treating me like dirt? Yeah. A little bit of chip on the shoulder, maybe. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Pomposity. I don't know.
1: Like, I don't want to pile on the guy. I don't know him and so forth. He's is, he's very young and you and I, we haven't the slightest idea what it's like to grow up with a billionaire father and all that kind of stuff and in Russia. So, but you know, it just doesn't look good at the moment. So he's, he's signed for next season, but if Haas is serious about competing, they need money of course, but they need drivers that can compete. And he has an opportunity to improve next season. I hope he does. I think he knows how to go fast, but, to do it consistently and so forth that's the difference between the good drivers the great drivers and the the best drivers so yeah we'll see and then i guess the final thing in news is they're eliminating the tire rule for q2 so you don't have to start on the on the tires that you've qualified in q2 anymore about time yeah it gave an advantage to the top teams because they could use slower tires in q2 right yeah so that'll be gone as well so we'll see how that goes Anything else in news for you, John?
2: I think that's about it. Okay, I can't so think next. Of else.
1: Right. So next week we've got uh, Brazil. Yes. And we have a it's a sprint situation again, so it'd be a little confusing, but I'm hopeful of a better race. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite tracks, at least when I've driven it on the uh, the games slash simulator type things. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping Lewis needs to win. Because he doesn't have much margin left. There's four or five races left. So, you know, not much. He has to get ahead of Max pretty quickly. Earlier in the season, I thought that Mercedes had Red Bull in their pocket. Obviously, I was completely wrong. And I'm tending to think that this is Max's season. And I'm hopeful that next year we'll see another, not just Lewis and Max, but some other drivers and teams, Ferrari, Williams declare it that'd be nice but we'll have to see
2: be really nice to see be really nice to see
1: all right so we'll speak about that next and uh please like subscribe share share the earl and uh we'll comment and And comment comment. yes yes talk to you soon john
2: bye-bye thanks rob (laughs) bye-bye